You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smoking Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And what are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week we have the Macanudo Inspirado Green, sporting a Brazilian Araparaca wrapper, <laughs> Indonesian binder, Colombian and Dominican filler, with a medium flavor. Yep, some Colombian Carmen Cubita and sweet cedar flavors of Dominican Piloto Cubano Tobaccos. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, um, you know, with with the Brazilian folks that dig a lot of earthiness and cedar and a little bit of sweetness, oftentimes uh, the the Brazilians are going to be more of a up your alley. I don't smoke a lot of Brazilians, so it's nice to switch up. Yeah, we've we've smoked these uh, Macanudo Inspirados uh, before. We've had the the red label, the black label, the orange label, and this is their latest in that Inspirado line. The now Green label, which uh, you know, I think we talked about the strength factor before, where the the white is the the um, least strong, with the red being the strongest. This one kind of falls in the middle between the uh, the black label and the red label, so it's it's not quite as it's you know kind of a true medium. It's not as strong as the red label, but it's a little bit stronger than the uh, the black uh, Maduro uh, Inspirado. I gotta say, it's it's definitely got a unique flavor to it, and I'm I'm kind of enjoying that actually. Where, you know, it's not something I typically smoke, so it's nice to have a nice uh, change up from the the typical Nicaraguan uh, tobaccos. Yeah, I don't think I've had a lot of. Uh, I've had some with the with that Brazilian wrapper, but I hadn't uh, had a lot of Colombian uh, tobacco recently, and yeah, kind of. What about Colombian cocaine? Ah, yes. Say hello to my little friend. Yes. <laughs> Get some of that good old booger sugar. <laughs> oh, boy. And uh, uh, two minutes in, and we have delved into an abyss in which we shall not arise from. <laughs> it's only it's only downhill from here. It doesn't, doesn't ever go up. And speaking of downhill... The boys are back in town. This week we're talking about season two of Amazon's uh, comic book adaptation of The Boys. Yeah, Actually, I'm pretty sure it's real life. They just put in some fake superheroes and, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, I uh, will get into it more in the main segment, but. But remember, if you're going to have to take down a team of asshole superheroes, you should call in the Strikeforce. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CIGARNERDS for 20% off your order. Get you all jacked up on uh, non-Columbian uh, booger sugar, but actually you know, caffeine to get you through your day and, and survive your superhero encounters. Yes. Or your... I don't know. I mean, can you really call them superheroes? <laughs> Enjoy your social media moguls. Uh... <laughs> or as Billy says, bunch of super cunts. <laughs> I like that. And with that, it's on with the show. 
Welcome back. Ah, it's time to talk about season two of the surprise hit, The Boys. I mean, is on it, your Amazon? Is it really a surprise though? It was one of those like I think we've talked before. Is like there's so many things coming out that I'm like, oh, this is based on a comic book that I've not had the pleasure of reading and didn't really know what we were uh, <laughs> getting into the first time around. And then, you know, 10 seconds into the first episode, a super, uh, yeah, their equivalent of the Flash runs through and liquefies a girl. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, this is going to be fucked up if this is what we're seeing, you know, the first 10 seconds of the show. Yeah, I remember that. It was quite a Final Destination moment. <laughs> I gotta say, you know, you, you've heard of the, the, you know, this is, of course, uh, you know, Developed by Eric Kripke and yeah, starring Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, and Moriarty, and several others. But you, you know, sometimes like second season of things or sequel to movie, you get that sophomore slump where it's like, all right, first time out the gate, we were an unknown quantity. Can we maintain or further the the action of the first you know iteration? Because like yeah, as we talked, there's so many things that aren't original these days that, you know, when the something comes out, that's original, like, Oh shit, this is pretty awesome. But I gotta say, you know, all in all season two, I'm like, it didn't disappoint. I mean, it was I, just as weird as the first season. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of conflicted, you know? Um, did I enjoy season two? Yeah. Was it, you know, I don't know. Uh, Things just felt too much like reality and the way that I see government <laughs> and social media and everything anyways. And I'm like, I, I've already been dealing with this. Like, I, I get away from social media to escape all of this stuff. And it, it you know, it's like watching a fucking uh, soap opera with, uh, you know, fucking people dressed up. If, if cosplayers had a soap opera, this would be it to me. <laughs> you know, um, not to say that I didn't like it. It just... It, it you know, like you said, the first ten seconds of season one, and then I was like, okay, well I know what to expect now, so I wasn't really as surprised. I mean, there were still some funny moments and stuff like that, but it just uh, you know, I could I could kind of go either way with it. I said, despite them like you know, kind of knowing how wild it can get, there was still some moments that I was like. Oh, shit, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were, you know, those moments. But by and large, I was like, eh. I feel like I'm watching one of those reality shows that I purposely don't watch. <laughs> but that's just me. I'm antisocial. You're a very much a social person. So, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. So, uh, if you'll remember the end of last season, we, uh, yeah, the... Billy tries to take down Homelander and 
and uh, blows up, you know, Stillwell, and then, you know, wakes up and Homelander has dropped him in his wife's front yard and turns out she's not dead and she's had a son. And, you know, first episode, which we don't really get to see Butcher again until, like, almost the very end. But, you know, now, like, they've managed to frame him for killing Stillwell when it was actually Homelander who just went batshit and found out he was like some kind of asshole clone and uh had a kid and then the uh you know all the boys are kind of framed for her murder and on and, and is like you know enemy number one but they're still you know living in a basement of some uh gangbangers pawn shop and still trying to to fight the good fight as best they can <laughs> And, I mean, I will say, though, that, you know, given the limited resources and stuff that they, you know, kind of have, you know, just looking from the outside in as far as the living situation and everything, I mean, dude, they're, they're all a bunch of MacGyvers. <laughs> Especially, you know, I'd like to we got a little bit more of uh, Frenchie's backstory of, uh, you know, and... One thing I like, that's like the legit MacGyver, because like he you know, originally gets recruited into the the CIA team that, you know, became the boys, because he was, like, smart enough to, like, make these improvised weapons to actually take down superheroes, and they're like, hey, we need a guy that can fuck up superheroes, you know, so it's like, I mean, he's, uh, robs a bank with a uh with weaponized Xanax cuz like the hero of the area was a guy like the Hulk that the angrier he gets the stronger he gets so he gives him a whole bunch of like freaking relaxation antidepressants <laughs> in like a grenade form and just makes him chill as fuck so I was like I am I am happy Hulk <laughs> so yeah it's just the, the you know the the ingenuity behind uh behind his character If you uh so if you were to give uh the deep a bunch of Xanax, would he then be the shallow? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I, That's another one. Before we even get into the boys, the deep last season, I mean, he almost had his own story arc where he, you know, got, you know, kicked out of the seven because he, uh, forced himself on starlight and then became like weird Sandesky, Ohio, and things have like just continued to uh, go downhill for him because I mean he got like his gills fingered last uh, season, and this season he's just kind of like an alcoholic yelling at kids at freaking water parks, going, "Yo, oh yeah, water's fun. Try swimming in the Mariana Trench," <laughs> and then gets recruited into the Church of the Collective, which is kind of one part cult, one part I guess the Scientologists of you know, the, the boys universe, <laughs> but yeah, that whole, like, you know, what's up with Fresca? It's like, you know, the guy, you know, their version of green arrow, the, uh, Eagle Archer comes to like bail him out of jail where he's got locked up for being drunk at a water park. And it's like, it's kind of like the things like, uh, they're trying to like program you. So every time he's like getting upset, he's, Hey man, chill. You want to have a Fresca? <laughs> I guess it gives you that smoothing calmness, relaxation thing. You know, I, I'm not sure. I've had a Frisco. They suck. That that would definitely not get me to join a cult. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if I've had Fresca or not. Oh, it's like bad Sprite. It's just it's like watered down Sprite. It has no flavor. It's like, like I, I I think when I toured the uh, world of Coke, 
I might have tried Fresca. There was another one called like Citra or something. It wasn't yeah. something available, you know, widely that Coke was experimenting with that was more of a citrusy kind of drink and it was actually pretty good. But I remember it had like a big following like in the probably in the early nineties. So I wonder now if the boys is gonna make a like a fresca recurrence, people are gonna start drinking I don't More know. Fresca again. There's probably going to be like some kind of Fresca hard seltzer thing because of this. Uh, but one of my favorite, uh, probably episodes or something this because they're like, all right, are we going to have anything as fucked up as uh, the the deep getting finger fingered? You know, and as they're trying to, you know, is like if you if you've studied cults and stuff, you know very much breaking down someone's like psyche. So they're more, uh, more likely to do what you want them to, you know, to do, you know, like sleep deprivation, starving people, you know, they, they really like prey on people with some kind of like, you know, insecurities. So they're like trying to like get, so maybe there's something in the fresca, (laughs) you know, lowers the guard causes, you know, the person to relax. It's, it's their version of drinking the (laughs) Kool-Aid, but yeah, they're trying to get the deep to, uh, omit his, like why he's, uh, why he, you know, is, is, uh, aggressive to women and why, you know, trying to get him to admit that he actually hates himself. So finally the guy's like, Hey man, try this. And like, makes him like some tea with, uh, you know, mushrooms or something. <laughs> and then he just starts, they just lock him in a room and he starts tripping balls and having a conversation with his gills and his, you know, best probably cameo ever. Uh, the, uh, his gills are voiced by uh comedian, Patton Oswald. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that was a great, you know, just little interaction between, you know, I mean, the deep and kind of getting to connect with him a little bit and, you know, realizing his, his shame and embarrassment and yeah, he's like, he's self, he's a self hater. He's ashamed of his, uh, his gills. He thinks, thinks they're ugly and he's like, no man, you you're beautiful. I'm, so I'm the ugly beautiful. one. <laughs> yeah. Start singing a duet with his gills. Yeah. But his whole thing, this, this weird, uh, church tells him that, uh, you know, they can help clean up his image and get him back into the seven. And, you know, <laughs> the scene later on where he shows up and tries to, like, help the seven capture a super terrorist, which has actually already been captured by the uh, Billy and the boys. And they're, you know, you finally get to see him go, like, full Aquaman, and he's, like, chasing the boys in a boat, like with a bunch of, I don't know if they were dolphins or sharks, but then they're trying to escape into a, uh, that was the other one. I was like, Oh, this is probably about the grossest thing I've seen so far is like, he tries to cut off their escape into a sewer drain by blocking it with a whale. And they, they just take, go full send and just ram the whale. Dude, with there's the no boat. difference between the whale and the Tauntaun. Okay. <laughs> like if the Tauntaun was, you know, a little bit more graphically illustrated. That's exactly what you would have gotten. You know, I just, it's like, oh, it's it's Moby Dick. <laughs> Except the whale didn't swallow them. They, just you know, tried to impel it. Park their boat inside of it. <laughs> the deep is like, go, trying to do like, you know, be full Aquaman, like doing the superhero pose on the whale. Like, haha, I've stopped you. And he's like, oh shit, they're not stopping. Stop, stop. <laughs> and he's like crying about the whale. But yeah, the effects of that though, they're like, you know, uh, Huey was like at the very front of the boat so he's like all the way inside the damn whale and they crawl in there to get him and he's just like 
nope, this is, I'm inside a whale. I'm, I'm done. Like, y'all just, y'all just go on. I'm, I'm just going to rest right here. I mean, and, like, dude, the you... heart is still beating, like, right next to his head. Like, the effects of that were, like, inside the whale. And you can see the whale's heart just still, like, beating <laughs> next to him. And it's like, oh, that's fucked up. I felt bad for the whale. <laughs> you know, hashtag save the whales. Like, that's got to be crazy. Like, you can hear all the fish and, you know, everything else, and it's like, imagine what it's like being at sushi. Yeah, that's one thing, too, when he finally kind of has that, uh, you know, they, they finally get him to break, and he's, like, telling, you know, well, after it's, well, to fast forward a little bit, uh, you know, and we'll get into the, kind of the details of that later, the... The fact that the, all the superheroes aren't born, that they're a product of the compound V that we found out last season, which we find out that, like, you know, other than Homelander and a few people, no one really knew this. So he, so all the hoop superheroes didn't know it. And, you know, when they find out that they've been created, like, Deep is, is like, man, you know, when I first got my powers, I was walking down the street by this pet shop and saw a bunch of goldfish and I could hear them, like, you know, screaming for their lives and, like, freaking going to red lobster and shit and the, and the lobsters all freaking out. And he's like, I thought I was going crazy. And now I find out that there was a, a world where I could have been normal. You know, he's like losing his shit. <laughs> but yeah, for someone who's can hear the fishes, I mean, no wonder that dude's like, you know, jacked up in the head. Cause like he said, you just like you, every fish tank you go by, you can be like, you know, help me. <laughs> Echoed by like hundreds. Yeah. I don't know. Is it just fishes, though? Like, what about amphibians and stuff? Hmm, I don't know. And does crustaceans count? I mean, does it have to be fish? Or Well, he did say Red Lobster was a bad place to go, so I guess he can, yeah, talk to crustaceans as well. But mostly they just sing under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to a lighter, happier place. <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's one good thing that the boys you know, does really well, though, is take something every day and put that dark kind of twist on it that was just like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, you know, as we, you know, found out last season, you know, Homelander leaked a bunch of Compound V to, to terrorist groups so he could justify them joining the military uh, outside of, like, you know, Vought's big plan. But then again, like, here's... You know, I, I get... You know, it has the ability to create superheroes. But that seems to be a very small case. Like, usually, it just creates fucking, you know, psychos. Like, yeah. It, it to actually work and... Yeah, that was kind of a plot hole because later on we we find this uh you know uh it, it's kind of like the umbrella virus where it's like oh we could use this to cure cancer but we created zombies instead. Yeah, cuz like uh you know later on we find you know that they they're experimenting on a bunch of people at this uh mental home and cuz they're like, you know, the we found the the uh Compound V works best if given to children when they're still young and developing and then, you know, let their powers come forth slowly. If we give it to adults, sometimes it works. Sometimes it, they have fucked up 
powers. Sometimes they just freaking explode. So they're trying to stabilize the compound V so they can just, you know, predictably give people powers as an adult so they can then, you know, build a super army for some nefarious but again, purposes. I but guess... then with the, with the, you know, Homelander's plan from last season where they're giving the shit to, to try to create some terrorists to give them something to fight. Like you, you didn't see anything about, you know, those guys were developing powers as adults. You know, so it was like, you know, where was all these like, you know, malfunctions and stuff that, uh, <laughs> buried deep inside, you know, the, uh, the blacked out text. It's all been redacted, man. <laughs> but then again, like later on when we meet, uh, the super terrorist that gets smuggled into New York, that turns out it's Kamiko's brother. You know, he tells him like, she's like, well, you know, they were trying to create some terrorists, but you know, a lot of people died and they knew it worked on you. So they gave it to me cause they figured we had the same genetics. So, you know, they probably did have the same like problems with it, you know, didn't work every time. And just, there was a few well, I mean, lucky we, individuals that didn't explode. I mean, we know they had problems because, you know, eventually later on we see basically the psych ward of failed experiments, you know, or maybe experiments in progress. Yeah, which, like I said, we... But yeah, but they, but they never really, like, explained that or showed that from the, the terrorist side. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll, I'll... Do they really need to, though? Yeah. Because if it's on social media, it must be true. Or if social media tells it tells you that, oh, this is fake, it must be fake, right? I yeah. mean, you know, it's just very much a, a deep state where... Yeah, just like the government and social media in real life, they control the narrative. Doesn't matter what the actual story is; it's all about the optics, man. <laughs> yeah, they we did a little of that last season, but they really got into that heavy. Yeah, this and season I, I, with I the... think that's why, like, it just for me, I'm just like, man, I see this shit every day. Like, I, I think that's kind of what I was just like. It's not really new. It's not really innovative. It's how I see Hollywood, the government, social media, and everything, and, and my personal views to an extent. Like, everybody sucks. <laughs> yeah, we got our new uh, soup this season, Stormfront, which is basically their version of Storm. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know. She, she doesn't recall the weather, but she can control lightning. She's like, you know, freaking I mean, electro-powered chick. But... Yeah, she's very much like, the I'm modern really day. I'm kind of surprised, like, she wasn't, like, a, a crutch to Starlight. Because, you know, Starlight always needs electricity. And it's like, you produce electricity. <laughs> like, your effect should amplify your effect. Like, if you two <laughs> yeah. battle, there should not really be a battle because you're at full charge. <laughs> well, at one point she does, you know, say, like, oh, you're going to be, like, you know, help me do big things. So I'm like... Yeah, I, you know, if she was able to corrupt Starlight to the uh, to the uh, the bad side, uh, yeah, hell, they probably could have amplified each other's powers and seriously fucked some shit up. But yeah, she like you know, we'll get into her backstory in a minute. But yeah, she's pretty much the the typical modern like social media influencer. If you know, if. PewDiePie or somebody had superpowers, it would be freaking Stormfront. She's like the master of like memes and whatnot. How do we know that's not a superpower? <laughs> How do we know that the influencers haven't already been made? They've been bred by birth, you know. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, because she has that, you know, 
conversation with Homelander where he's like, how are you so, you know, I, every time I try, um, people are starting to like, you know, dislike me. And she's like, yeah, you're, you're still old school. You're using, you know, PR and mainstream media where, and you know, Vought spending thousands of dollars to try. He's like, I literally have like 50 dudes in a basement somewhere. I'm paying them in Red Bull, making my memes for me and making me famous. It's like, you know, the internet is the new mainstream media and they're, and she's a master of manipulating that. Cause she's like, you know, you don't need millions of fans. You need, or you, you need millions of fans to like you. You need like a hundred thousand people that are pissed off. Like, you know, she's like, she's like you have fans. You, you I have soldiers. soldiers. Yeah. Not, you know, um, not fans, not, Hey, let me take a selfie. No, it's like, oh, this person's pissed off. Well, I better rally the troops and uh And they had that one thing like later on where they just it's like a kinda like just like a one off thing at the start of the episode where they really never really go back into it. But it shows just a regular kind of easily influenced person going about his day but not being directly influenced, but just keep seeing, you know, Stormfront on the TV, you know, talking about terrorists, 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 and, you know, and just eventually ends up shooting a guy at the freaking convenience store because he, you know, saw some light reflect and thought the guy had power. He's like, oh, you're a super terrorist. And it's like, you know, it, it kind of like, uh, um, I guess really displayed the point she was trying to make that it's like, you know, it's, uh, you're more successful if you, you know, have people pissed off and scared than, having trying to get people to like you and like, you know, a, an, an angry, scared crowd is easier to influence than, you know, a bunch of people who <laughs> love you thinking rationally and everything yeah. else. Like, I don't know. Some folks should probably take a look at the world today. <laughs> yeah. And even then like Homelander, you know, last season, like I said, he kind of freaking snapped and it's so weird. Cause it, it, he kind of goes, he swings back and forth on the pendulum and, and like I, said, I always like a villain that kind of thinks they're doing the right thing. So at one point, like I said, he's still getting like crazier and crazier as people, you know, stop liking him. And he's, you know, wants to just kind of destroy everything. And, and then Vought's like, yeah, we don't give a shit. Like this whole thing with the terrorists, like you fucked that up. He's like, it's like, we're a, we're a freaking pharmaceutical company. We want to get people like, you know, paying us for our drugs. You know, y'all are just, you know, kind of PR for, for our drug company. We don't <laughs> like, we're not the superhero business. We're, we're freaking drug dealers and we don't really give a shit about you and your, your cronies wanting to get into the military. But then he's, you know, when he finds out he has a son, cause he was raised with no parents. Cause he was just created in a lab and they figured out that that was very bad for people's psychology. So we should like, let superheroes have families so they can be raised by parents before they get their powers or you'll get a freaking sociopath like Homelander. But then he's like, you know, at times he's like, Oh, I've got a kid. Let me try to teach him because I didn't have a father. And yeah, he's like almost nice. And then he, and then he fucks it up. (laughs) Well, I mean, then again, like I, I think for me, it was all about intent. Oh. And he never had the intent on being a father. He had the intent on, this is my play at Butcher, this is my play at this. Like, there was always, you know, a an agenda. You know, yeah. it was never, you know, like... So for me, like, I just, you know, I never really got the feeling that he was 
trying to do anything other than be a scumbag and stay relevant. Yeah, it, but it like at certain points it's like when you know, he tells the at first he's like I just want to be worshipped by somebody pretty much because he's got a very big god complex this season. But then he f- finally tells the kid he's like, hey, you know that thing I told you about me and my dad having a freaking World Series baseball. It's bullshit. Like I don't, I never knew my father. I never knew my mother either. And I don't want you to, you know, grow up like that. And you almost feel for the guy, but then he's like, but because we're gods and gods shouldn't like, you know, feel lonely like that. And I'm like, all right, you know, you, you were starting to make sense. And then you went back to being a fucking nut job. <laughs> uh, and I threw you off a roof. Yeah. Come on, fly little birdie. <laughs> that was his mistake. He didn't flap his wings. Yeah. But that's the other thing. Like, you know, just because. That's your son. Like, superheroes aren't born, they're made. So, did Vault already, you know, have control of the son and then hand the son over to the wife? Or, or not the wife, but the mother? Um, well, like, if you go back to season one, Homelander raped Butcher's wife because she was, like, worked for Vought. And then she disappeared and they... Yeah, you know, Butcher always assumed she left, was and, murdered. Yeah, that's why his whole thing for Homelander was, and then Homelander assumed that she was. He was told that he knocked her up and she died died in childbirth. He he too did not know she was still alive until he went and and confronted uh, uh, the guy who like used to be the CEO of Vought who actually created him and found and he you know found out the truth. So that's when he goes to Stillwell and like kills her and and takes Butcher. Uh, it, yeah, cause that, like I said, he just, he, you know, just found out he had a son, but you know, at the same time, it's like, to me, it's like, you know, cause Vought's protecting her so and they the child. Probably, you know, had already did their experiments and everything and said, Hey, we'll protect you. We'll give you a life. Um, you know, stay under the radar and stay here in our, you know, protective, like custody type. And thing. I think like Vought, you know, knows Homelanders like, I mean, he's, probably the most powerful of the superheroes they have. And the, they, I'm not really sure about that. Well, dude. and after you see the psychic girl in the, uh, that crushes <laughs> people with her mind, but, and you know, not just the one in the, uh, that we find out later on, but I'm talking about the, the one in the, uh, yeah, the, the like, mental hospital ward, yeah. that just like crushes people with her hand. Like that but, to me, like, I, it's like, I can see glowing eyes. Yeah. Every time you make a fist, I have to wonder, is this when I get head floaty powers or not? <laughs> but they know Homelander is unstable, and we've yet to hear if he has, like, an actual kryptonite or something. So I think the kid is his contingent, their contingency plan. By letting him have a mother and have a normal life and grow up with morals that Homelander never had, if Homelander breaks bad, they're like, well, this kid has all his powers and is not, you know a fucking megalomaniac, maybe, you know, we can use him as a, he's our kryptonite against Homelander. You know, they never wanted him to find out about the kid until it was like, you know, Homelander Jr. shows up and kicks his ass someday. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Okay. I don't know. I think they even had that, you know, kind of allude to that when Butcher goes to meet with uh, the head of Vought and, and, you know, try to work out a a plan to, to get the kid back from Homelander. We have a plan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we uh, 
<laughs> the freaking uh And we got a lot more of uh, Kimiko this this year, which I didn't realize that's the same until I started looking her up. That's the same girl that played that was in the Suicide Squad, which was the you know the girl with the mask and the samurai sword. I can't remember what her name was. That's the same actress. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So not her uh, first time, you know. I don't know, like Katana. I think it was to me. I I kind of thought their characters are. I don't know. I mean, I guess for me, like you always root for the underdog, and that's you know the the purpose or the intent of the boys is to root against your would be heroes. But um, I don't know. Like you know, I I thought it was kind of cool how they, since obviously she doesn't talk, and just the sign language and the inventiveness and everything else. Like I don't know. I like th- there was a lot of character growth. Like I. I was like, huh, like, I didn't really care so much about her character in the first season, but then again, we didn't really know her character either. Yeah, she was so. kind of just a, a beast. Yeah. And this one, she's like got, you know, personality and whatnot. And I like, you know, after, you know, they chase them down and Stormfront ends up killing her brother. And we found out this reveal that Stormfront's freaking racist <laughs> and just kills a whole bunch of people in a project that... Von, it blames it on uh, Vault von Hitlerstein. Yeah, and then we get the re- reveal later on where, yeah, Homelander knows she's like lying to him, and, and she's like, "I'm the original soup. Like my, I was married to the original Vought who worked for freaking Hitler and shit." <laughs> and she's like, "I'm just kind of immortal, or you know, I don't, I heal very good, and I'm, I don't really age. So like, I've so basically, she's just been trying to changing super high." hero identities throughout the years. And they... I'm really disappointed they missed the whole G-MILF opportunity. <laughs> like. Which is like, going back and re-watching it the second time, like, she makes references to, like, really old shit that, like, she's like, starts talking about, like, uh, Pippi Longstocking and all this other stuff. She's like, so she's, you know, even though she's, like, modern social media influencer, she'll make these old well, references. I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> I mean, we, we do it too, though, where... We talk about a movie, and it's like, ah, oh, that was a few years ago, and look it up. Oh, that was 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I... So it's, like, kind of kind of obvious when you go back. Watch it, and yeah, you find out that she used to be a uh, hero named uh, Liberty that uh, apparently you know, murdered a innocent uh, black kid in the 70s and this kind of disappeared, and they're like... So they, 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 they find out that the CIA was investigating this Liberty, but they don't know what the connection was because when they went to meet their CIA contact, her head went explodey. <laughs> so when they tracked I mean, down, that was like, that was one of the moments is like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like, that was like, <laughs> where the hell did that come from? <laughs> and the whole time you're like, you don't know who did it. You know, you assume throughout the thing that it's, uh, something that, uh, that, uh, she's doing. But yeah, but with the implication that she's actually the Vought originator and, she she's dealing directly with the current leader of Vought and is over this secret uh, experiment at the uh, insane asylum, like is, you know, unbeknownst to Homelander and all those other guys. It's like, is Vought secretly, you know, modern day Nazi and they're trying to build their super soldiers to like dominate the world. Or is that just, her uh, agenda. Well, I mean, you know, if you're a pharmaceutical and you're trying to create a mass 
a people of varying personalities, varying beliefs, and everything else. Like, there's only one outcome to that, and that's mass genocide. Like, you know, I mean, you're going to have what? Like, one actual world war? Because, you know, it's like, oh, I got fucking powers, so I was an asshole before I had powers. <laughs> well, at the same time, it's like they, they're making their money by licensing superheroes to all these cities if they can eventually create an army of superheroes they can just you know do away with government completely and now i now we don't have to lease out superheroes now we just rule the freaking world and we'll take what we want instead of having y'all pay us for our services aka <laughs> yeah <laughs> the real world <laughs> Ah, yes. The weirder shit gets, the more Alex Jones makes sense. <laughs> I remember listening to all these guys well, back I mean, in the that's... day and be like, man, these fuckers are crazy. These All these crazy conspiracy theorists. And now the world, especially the last year with COVID and everything, like, now the world's gotten weird enough that you're like, all right, these uh, these weird conspiracy guys on the internet and radio, like, they're starting to make sense. Well, <laughs> may... I mean, like, you know... I... I don't know. I think Discovery Channel or, you know, I think it was this. Was it Discovery or History that did the Doomsday Prepper show? I think that was Discovery. It's on Netflix now. I need to but watch they, that uh, <laughs> again. You know, they were just a few years ahead of their time because, you know, that was the thing. Is people's like, man, this is. These people are crazy and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? COVID hit. And what did people do? They fucking panicked and started hoarding. And, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, well. Better to be prepared, so let's start stocking up on shit and blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I definitely need to like get more if money will allow more into the prep because we we had the the hurricane come through, which caused like a bunch of bad storms all up the east coast. It's like, fuck, I was out of power from Thursday to Sunday, and I'm like, all right, I've got a, you know some basic prepping stuff, but I'm like, I, I definitely see where the holes in my plan are. Where I'm like, all right, I need more like food that doesn't need like heat and stuff yeah like that it. doesn't need like refrigeration like i definitely but, need I mean, to... then again like you could also too like get you know some propane you know tools and stuff like that used for camping if you needed to heat stuff yeah like, i definitely need to get obviously some more, you don't uh... want to do that indoors <laughs> yeah but, uh... yeah i definitely need to get some uh some kind of uh you know propane cooking and some kind of like you know like the freeze dried i know a guy named hank <laughs> he can hook you up with a lot of things yeah, all, but... all the things propane and propane accessories but yeah food and water well we had water but yeah the no refrigeration no yeah everything here is electric so i'm like yeah definitely need to uh up the uh food and cooking part of my prepping plan because like but yeah it's like shit like that it's like all that we thought all those people were crazy until like the world went to shit and it's like ah. Oh, Maybe we should have <laughs> should have listened. Um, but yeah, um, and we find out Stormfront's a legit Nazi and doing Nazi shit. Yeah, and I gotta say, Black Noir. There's a bunch more use of him this season than there was last season. I mean, we get that from like episode one, where it's like he's fighting terrorists in the Middle East somewhere, and it's just straight up ninja and like dudes all over the place, and then he's like walking out of the house with a severed head and sees a kid and he like picks up a stuffed bunny and tries to like entertain the kid while he's holding a freaking severed head. <laughs> and then later on you get him like trying to track down butcher. And I like, cause he doesn't speak. He goes into like the, the surveillance office. And he just hands him a note that says butcher's like, yeah, yeah, well I'll, I'll get right on that. Trying to find him. 
uh, okay, I guess you can wait. And it's like, I'll, I'll let you know when we find something. He just sits down. And he's like, or you can sit here with me and finally tracks him down. And then like butcher, he finally finds out where his wife is, goes to try to rescue her. And she's like, no, you hate soups. You're not the, you're going to ditch the kid. The first chance you get where, you know, he may be Homelander's son, but he's still my son. So I, I, I have to stay for his, his sake and hope. And, you know, freaking butchers is kind of like giving up on life. He's getting ready to retire and goes to see his, his aunt, who is a local drug dealer in this retirement community. But, you know, Huey and mother's milk show up to like talk him into coming back and helping him fight the good fight. And like, he just goes to leave and he sees like black Nora up on the roof. And he's like, I, the, the freaking ninja cunts here. <laughs> uh, and then trying to fight him with like all the, you know, homemade explosives. But it's like, Oh, it's like dealing with a ninja Wolverine. I need to know exactly how many times um he uses the word cunt <laughs> in season two. Like I said, it's he used it so much that I started calling my cat a cunt. It's like it it just leaks into your brain. <laughs> that that one senator too is like she's like, ah, not the first time I've been called a cunt. I'm starting to think it's a uh you know a, a, a term of endearment. <laughs> and he's like, It is where I come from, love. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, oh, the, you know, Black Nara is like a, was actually, and then he's taking his kryptonite is almond joy. <laughs> he's got a tree nut allergy, dude. Like, <laughs> that's just so funny. It's like the, I mean, know. but then again, I guess like you don't have to worry about tree nuts under that mask. Yeah. You know, you're not going to accidentally get an acorn, <laughs> but yeah, they finally figure out that, uh, that uh, Starlight is actually working for the boys and lock her up in Vought Tower and she's trying to escape and fighting Black Noir and Queen Maeve just comes up and shoves an Almond Joy down his throat and it's like, after all that, the indestructible man, all we needed was some some peanuts. (laughs) Give that dude a peanut butter sandwich and we're good to go. Who in their right mind eats Almond Joy? No one. I mean, in fact, Huey says, you only psychopaths eat Almond Joys. (laughs) Like I've never been to a store and was like, out of all the candy selection, let me get an almond joy. No, never would happen. I mean, if if I got to go with a coconut bar, you know, the mound is superior. I was like, I don't want to fuck up my chocolate and coconut by adding almonds into it. That's just gross. Speaking of gross, we 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 did get to see a man with an interesting long uh, love stick. <laughs> the sausage <laughs> yeah so when they find out about the the insane asylum the the boys break in to try to try to figure out what's going on there and they run across uh an old enemy that we never we we heard them talk about season one but we never uh actually seen him uh lamplighter which was one of the original seven that no one's that disappeared supposedly burned uh mallory's grandchildren and then disappeared and you know they no one ever found out what happened. And finally, you know, they f- find out that basically he was trying to kill Mallory, who was the CIA leader of the boys, and did not realize that the kids were in bed and ended up killing the kids and just couldn't handle it. So now he's like running this experiment for Stormfront, and he's basically just burning the evidence. So anyone who who kind of fails the experiment, he he ends up roasting them, and he's like psychologically not good. <laughs> He's like guilt ridden and 
But he does have a cool Zippo that says, like, Titty Committee on it. <laughs> Which was weird as shit. But yeah, when he comes across Frenchie and them, they fight and end up letting out uh, the uh, psychic girl who crushes people. And is a whole, like, prison riot breaks out in the... Uh, in the uh <laughs> the lab I mean, which i thought was kind of cool like that that segment was probably one of my favorites yeah just all the different powers but yeah when they're holed up in the office this tentacle comes through the window and wraps around <laughs> milk's throat and is like choking him out and uh kimiko has to go out there and like knock it out and they realize like the tentacle is actually a giant penis <laughs> and i hey, love tell him about the part where you had a giant penis on you <laughs> yeah i love that like, frenchie's getting him so much shit he's like he's like is that that dude's yeah he's like dude don't be so close-minded and later on they like call butcher because in the riot huey got hurt and they had to like take off to take him to the hospital he's like and he's like yeah they called to check in he's like hey did you tell butcher about having that penis on your face <laughs> like, shut up man oh <laughs> uh, and I like uh, Kimiko when she, uh, I mean, she starts feeling guilty because uh, she got her, you know, Stormfront kills her brother and she blames herself. So she, to kind of get out that anger, she starts taking jobs as a as a hitman. And what she, what she spend all her money on, she bought, like, this giant gold, like, ring that, like, basically was brass knuckles that just said pussy on it. <laughs> and then, but I'm like, that just, like, adds insult to injury. You, like, you know punch somebody in the face and they just have like pussy stamped in their forehead. <laughs> I mean, if I'm hitting, if I'm, if I'm hitting somebody in the face, I'm not going for the forehead, forehead, <laughs> you know, like even with the brass knuckles and stuff, like why would you hit the hardest part of the face? Like go for the soft fleshy bits. <laughs> oh, but I, I, do... I mean, if anything, like, you know, they need to team up a torch lighter and have him, you know, kind of heat those things up and, you know, brand it brand into somebody, <laughs> you know, like, that would be one way to do it. Like, Speaking of branding, I did like, you know, during the, the kind of like the, the B plot of all this, they're filming the seven, uh, basically the Justice League movie of the seven, and it's like Dawn of the Seven, like, and there's just so many references making fun of both DC and Marvel where it's like, you know, yeah, these like Josh Whedon rewrites are awesome. <laughs> it, it just like, yeah, it's, and then the, the whole, like from, uh, end game, the whole, where like all the girl superheroes team up. So now we got three girls in the seven. So there's this whole like running media blitz about girls, get it done. <laughs> and it's like, there's so, there's like just so and many. Now we have a lesbian couple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but eventually Homelander kidnaps his son and uh, decides he's going to raise her with uh, with Stormfront and, and Becca escapes and goes finds a butcher and, and, you know, they come up with a plan to try to rescue him. But, you know, Stormfront shows up and Kimiko and Starlight have to fight fighter. And then Queen Maeve finally, finally has a, a, bout of conscience. I mean, she, she saved, you know, star starlight, but then was like, nah, fuck this. I'm, I'm, you know, I saved you, but I'm not, you know, joining up to fight the good fight. But finally she shows up and, and saves them all from, from Stormfront. Yeah. And it's like, 
the Dude, three I gotta of them. say though, that was an epic battle. Yeah, like, when the I three just... of them are beating the shit out of her, and I like like the uh, the the boys are just watching, and they're like, "Girls really do get it done." <laughs> but yeah, that was a pretty badass three way fight. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I, I like how, because, uh, you know, remember last season, A-Train had a heart attack and was in a coma, but then he wakes up and you think he's going to route out Stormfront. And she's like, you know, hell, I got enough evidence on you. It's just kind of like mutual destruction. And because uh, I know you killed your girlfriend. And then the Seven tried to kick him out because he's got heart problems because of his, his heart attack. They don't think he can run anymore. So... The Deep then tries to recruit him into the weird church, and he realizes the church is into some shady shit and finds their, like, secret evidence locker or whatever, and is like, you know, they're, you know, Starlight and Huey's, like, riding around the car, and he just, like, appears in the back seat and he's like, what's up, bitches? <laughs> they're like, oh, fuck, and he's like, and he, like, pulls out the, you know, the evidence that, that, uh, you know, Stormfront is a Nazi, and he's like, here, you know, y'all saved my life. Now we're even. Like, fuck off. <laughs> They're like, how'd you find it? She's like, he's like, I'm the fastest man alive. I can search the entire city in like 20 minutes. Y'all aren't that hard to find. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy thing. Like, for there to be so many cameras and, you know, this kind of big brother aspect of things. Like, these people never really left the city all that much. Like, No. Like, oh, I'm going to wear a hoodie and, you know not wear my hair this way and nobody's going to recognize I'm starlight. Like, bitch, yeah. nothing about your appearance changed. Like, <laughs> uh, well, it's like, uh, you know, people always make fun of the whole, like Clark Kent, you know, as soon as he takes his sun, his glasses off, he's Superman. But I saw like, uh, I guess it was like a behind the scenes thing. And the dude who plays Homelander, like, d- like without that suit and like the hair, it's like, I, I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, and they're like, you know, it says like, you know, Homelander. I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah, it's like, all right, maybe that whole like not wearing glasses thing actually, uh, <laughs> actually does work out. Nah. I don't know. Then again, people aren't that observant. So <laughs> true enough. <laughs> Most people just walk around with their face in their cell phone and. Well, I mean, like, I did, you know, like I've seen, you know, like the hidden cam stuff where people like goes up to a register and, you know, the person's like, yeah, sure. Ducks behind the counter to pick up something, and then a person in complete different clothes or something pops up, and they're just you know oblivious. You know, yeah, just keep going about their day. Like, did, did something change? Like, <laughs> no one freaking notices. I don't know. I remember those experiments where they'd sit there and uh, you know show you a drawing and give you like fifteen seconds to memorize all that you could about the drawing, and then you know, okay, tell us about the drawing, and then it's like. Oh, I didn't get anything right. <laughs> no, your brain just kind of fills in the blank. And we, uh... <laughs> freaking, uh, get, uh... We meet, uh... Butcher's dog, Terror. <laughs> just fat English bulldog who likes to hump a stuffed, uh... Pig. Dude, it's his fuck pig. <laughs> like... I mean, I, I love the shout-out to the BDSM community there, though. You know? I mean, it, it's nice that they're getting some love. <laughs> uh, I do like... 
<laughs> so, a... I mean, I guess even before that, though, there was the whole, uh, burn my fucking tits, you know. Yeah, don't um, be a so... pussy, burn my tits. Yeah, that was like, you know, we talk about disturbing moments of, uh, the deep getting fingered. The, uh, the weird, like, love scene with, uh, Homelander and Stonefront. Like, <laughs> him trying to burn her tits off with a, with his heat vision and then throwing each other through walls and then having s- sex in there. And then later on, they like, you know, capture that guy that's, uh, you know, running away from a robbery. And it, she ends up like, you know, jerking him off while he crushes the dude's head. And then they have sex next to his, his, uh, headless body. And then an alley, it's like, doesn't matter. Still had sex. <laughs> when they're trying to, uh, they, they, they finally, like when the, the word about Vought gets out and then Homelander ends up, uh, you know, getting some, collateral damage evidence on him they're finally going to have uh senatorial congressional hearings on on vaught you know they're going to get uh lamp ladder to testify and he's like hanging out in the house is watching like a stack of superhero themed porn <laughs> yeah like somebody's like hey hang out with this dude and it's like uh you want to sit around and just watch porn together huh that's <laughs> like it's daytime. You don't watch porn during the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, then he ends up, his whole thing too, he's like, you know, when Huey sees on the news that uh, Starlight's been captured and tries to talk him, him him into helping him rescue her, and his whole plan is like, he's just going to get there and commit suicide in front of his statue in, in Vought Tower, and it's like, oh shit. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, I'm going to set myself on fire. Because I'm I'm a douchebag and I deserve this, and it's like I was like, well, that's kind of fun. And then Huey like has to cut the dude's arm off to use his hand to to get out of the building. <laughs> so can you cut off one's hand using only a glass bottle? I mean, yeah. Just, I mean, I I feel like you gotta be bone, really determined. Like I don't, you know. Uh, once you get down to the bone, you can break the bone. You just gotta like stomp on it. I mean, that dude, one dude that had the like the. That whatever seventy two hours, the guy that uh, got, got trapped in that uh, when the rock fell on him, he ended up having to cut his arm off with like a freaking Swiss Army knife. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not easy, but it can be done. <laughs> you got to be really determined. Spoken like a guy from experience. <laughs> hold on, I think I just did a reference for you. I might, uh, I I need to get a hold of that reference sheet. <laughs> it's really determined he could cut off a dude's arm. <laughs> Oh, speaking of cutting a dude's arm off, the uh, the gecko. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like. Yeah, there's like there's one former child superhero whose powers is he can regenerate in, any body part. Is now kind of his side job. He's he's uh, renting himself out as like an S and M hooker and letting like weird dudes like chop off his body parts for money. <laughs> that was like just weird as shit. And he's like, can I keep the arm? And he's like, hell, for an extra grand, I'll let you cut my dick off. He's like, where's the nearest ATM? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of hotels I stay at when I travel. <laughs> but yeah, then you get uh, Homelander's son, Ryan, who's never really... We know he's got powers, but he doesn't really know how to use them yet. But then Stormfront, you know chases down butcher and and his wife as they're trying to escape and she's trying to to kill uh butcher's wife and and 
Ryan finally opens up with the heat ray and just, I don't know the fact that if, that he's more powerful than Homelander or he just hasn't learned control yet. But yeah, when he breaks loose, man, he just freaking roasts her. He's like the only one that's actually done any damage to it. Like you see, it's like her freaking arms blown off and she's like just burnt to a crisp and jibber jabbering in German. I was like, but unfortunately he accidentally kills his mom in the, uh, in the process. But yeah, I was like that, that kid could be a, <laughs> a threat someday if his powers are, are that, that powerful. I'm over here trying to light a match. <laughs> Got to call in lamp, lamp lighter. He can, he can hook you up with some fire. Get you a titty committee, uh, Zippo. But the one weird thing that, I mean, when they do have the congressional meetings uh, and you think uh, the old head of Vought's going to, because Butcher uh, threatens him and makes him testify, but then his head goes explodey and a couple heroes go explodey and a couple senators go explodey and there's never any, like, we we have assumed it's part of Stormfront and her, her uh, Nazi plan. But then at the very end, we find out the whole time that it's actually this senator that you think has been helping the boys whole time is actually a super self and is the one with the head splody powers. So I guess she's going to be our big bad next season or part of it because really don't know what her actual agenda is at this point because, you know, once everything wraps up, you know, uh, Maeve uses the evidence of of uh homeland you know she has deep finds a video of of uh from season one where homelander let the plane crash and abandoned everybody and she kind of uses that as blackmail that you're gonna reinstate starlight you're gonna ignore you're gonna let the boys go and you're gonna do pretty much what i tell you to do and and no longer be a psychopath and you know the government is starting to investigate vaught and even mallory has She's like, hey, they're they're want me to the senators want me to put together a team to keep tabs on the soups, uh, you know, and you know, Butcher and the boys are all exonerated for all crimes, even the ones they committed. <laughs> and it looks like Butcher's going back into the you know, watching the soups, but now, you know, actually sanctioned part of some kind of sanctioned overwatch team. So we really don't know what that senator's endgame is because Publicly, she's against Vought and is kind of over all these people investigating and and kind of keeping an eye on superheroes. But at the same time, Stormfront has a sister because they look similar. It's like yeah, any time that someone is, was going to expose Vought, like the church guy and the CIA director and the people at the uh, congressional hearings, she had exploded them. So it's like if she secretly, you know working for Vought and just kind of being against them in the public, but secretly keeping their secrets safe. I mean, she's going to be some kind of, is she some kind of rogue element? Is she actually a, uh, a soup terrorist or is she kind of a deep agent for, for Vought? Yeah. I'm not really sure on that angle. You know, I, I definitely get the villain vibe at the same time. Like, you know, we see the girl with the head splody powers kind of roaming outside the facility and stuff. So we know that she made it out. So I kind of think that uh, our crew's going to need to uh, rally somebody with some head splody powers of their own. 
Yeah, battle. I mean, hell, she doesn't have just have a. She explodes the whole body. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you you got head splody powers. We got whole body splody powers. So yeah, is she gonna become a uh, one of the boys next season? Or uh... and what happens if you head splody gecko? Does he get a new head, or is it you kill the hmm. brain, you kill the body? It's kind of like that guy from like Men in Black. You blow his head off and he just grows back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like. All in all, I mean, pretty decent season. It just, uh, I don't know. So any, uh... I, I, I think this needed to happen not during an election year. <laughs> like, I'm fuck, you know... Shady government dealings just a little too close to home for you right now? Yeah, I mean, just fucking, you know, just politics in general, man. Like, I, you know, oftentimes, like, I watch stuff to not have to deal with that, man. You know, like, this, I was just like, goddamn... So, uh, any predictions for for next season? Heads will explode. <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, the the senator. I'm just uh, or congresswoman, whatever she was. Like, yeah, I'm like, don't know if she's some kind of rogue element or if she's actually working for whatever Vought's ultimate. I need to know how Deep and his is. wife are doing. Like, <laughs> yeah, because Deep had a uh... <laughs> an arranged marriage. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, like, and then he got kind of screwed by the church because they were like. Well, we're able to get one of you back in the seven, so A Train's been forgiven and, and allowed to come back. But yeah, the Deep is still on his own, so we're gonna see what kind of fucked up shit happens to him next season. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe the Deep learns that hey, you know, he he learns the truth about Vod. Maybe he does make you know some personal growth changes. I I don't you know. Yeah, does the Deep end up being one of the boys? <laughs> like eventually come to the or do we get some kind of like you know superhero civil war next season where it's like the good soups versus the you know homelander and his his uh crazy soups i i what we about the only thing we know of next season is they're bringing in a character called soldier boy that they they mentioned is one of like the I guess world war Two era soups and he was he was kind of uh i guess vaught's version of captain america and we know it's going to be played by uh jensen eccles from supernatural but but that so far it's about all we've <laughs> we know of of season two, so we'll see what kind of uh, fuckery occurs. So what are you thinking of this uh, Macanudo Green so far? Um, you know it, it's different than what I smoke um, on a traditional basis. Um, nice medium, it's got good flavor. Um, I I mean, I yeah, I, I, everybody knows I prefer spice. And this doesn't really have any of that, you know. This is yeah, definitely more more earthy than yeah, uh, definitely earthy cedar, you know, a touch of sweetness. Um, and that's thing like the other Force Inspirado blends, the blend was the same, and the only difference was the wrapper, and you can kind of see how wrapper affects flavor. But then this one, I think, from just from what I was reading, the blend is different than your standard Inspirado blend, so it it. Doesn't you know all the other Inspirados? While they have a, the flavor changes vastly depending on the wrapper, they still have kind of similar elements. And this one really tastes different than the previous yeah. Inspirados I've but had. But it's not a bad taste. No. Um, like I said, if, like I like the red because it's the strongest. I mean, those you're... days when it's like I you know go to a cigar shop and it's like I want to try something different. This would be my different because I know that I enjoy it now. Yeah, and it's not as strong as the red, so if you want to have 
we talk about session cigars where it's like going to be a day where you're going to smoke a couple or you don't want to be burned out, you know, after one cigar, you know, instead of having the red, pick up the green and, and I, I it's will got enough say strength that, that it's, it's, you know, it's been a catch, while keeps since, my attention, yeah. but it's not overpowering. And it's been a while since, you know, we left the shop, but you know, I, I, I smoked a Punch Diablo, which is definitely full flavor, full strength. It typically overpowers everything. Where this has such a different flavor profile that, you know, the, the taste that I would typically be numb to actually come through. So it's such a vastly different cigar that it, it actually holds its own very well. Uh, yeah, and it's, yeah, we're smoking the the Churchill version but they're all all the inspirados are within let's say seven to ten dollars so it's it's not a hugely expensive uh cigar either so it's kind of in that good average price range i think these were like 860 so yeah it's 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 good budget friendly uh cigar as well absolutely and with that we'll be right back we're defended by our heroes from sea to shining sea Fighting for our freedom, looking out for you and me. We think of all you gave us, how you were there to save us, so we'd see. You risked your life so we could all live free. But our heroes never die. for some mad science ready to learn some shit brad oh i am ready as always well we got uh we haven't talked about weird robots and uh and skynet news lately but got some robot news sweet what do you got for us remember that creepy ass robot dog from boston dynamics he's a good boy well now spot is going to the ukraine uh they're actually uh you know the the you know because these things can travel over pretty much any kind of terrain, go up and down steps, climb ladders, open doors, rip your heart out, whatever. Well, they found that it's best suit you know suited for uh, visiting Chernobyl. Yeah, if anyone remembers Chernobyl, it's like the worst uh, nuclear disaster in uh, world history, and the you know when that plant blew up and has. You know, radiate, irradiated the nearby city of Priket. Uh, and you know, I believe we talked a while ago that, they, that the kind of concrete sarcophagus was breaking down. So they built this giant metal sarcophagus to put over the old reactor site and, and seal it off. Well, now the uh, they are using uh, the Boston Dynamic Dog to kind of explore not only the building, but also the surrounding area and map out uh, radioactive hotspots. So, you know, people can kind of, you know, determine what spots are still, at least in the surrounding 
wooded area in town, you know, to as kind of tourists and researchers and stuff are visiting the area they're they're using this to you know the dog with a also a team of drones to create a 3d image and map out uh radioactive hot spots in the red forest and surrounding area well that's kind of cool yeah because they apparently did like a a drone survey earlier uh you know this this exclusion area zone encapsulates uh 10 square kilometers or 3.8 square miles to uh, us Americans. Uh, but yeah, so now like, you know, adding the dog to the, you know, cause the drone survey just kind of gave him like a, I guess a, uh, a general area of uh, survey where the dog can actually get in there on the ground and also get into the old plant itself and, and maneuver where it's not safe for humans to go and, and really provide a, a, uh, good th- you know 3d map of the area so you know we've we've all talked about the spot and kind of like you know theoretical you know testing areas this is like the first time we've got any kind of documentation of it you know actually being used in real world applications and not just you know doing scary dog things <laughs> but yeah spots capable of scaling stairs opening doors and even getting getting up after falling over. So not only is this kind of a, you know, test of the radioact, you know, mapping radioactive, uh, things to, uh, help, uh, researchers, but also it's kind of a test of the dog's capabilities to see how well it kind of stands up to this ever changing terrain and, you know, radioactive exposure. (laughs) I hope we don't get a radioactive robot dog. Yeah, so now we're going to get, like, glow-in-the-dark Terminator dogs. This is what happens, like... The, hey, at uh... least you'll see them coming in the dark. <laughs> but yeah, the spot is able to, like, operate on its own, like, fully autonomous uh, without having someone to control it. So it's kind of like, hey, you go search and tell us what what you find. Which, uh, you know... Yeah, like you said, radioactive robot dogs might be a, might be a problem. This is what's going to happen. It's like the radioactivity is going to screw up the AI and it's going to turn into like, you know, some weird killer bot. Yeah. Cause you know, radiation and robots and stuff have never gone bad in any <laughs> movie ever. Uh, and speaking of, uh, the Ukraine and Russia, uh, there's a new, uh, space race, uh, going on, uh, where, yeah, we've, I believe we mentioned that, uh, Tom Cruise is wanting to film the first movie in space. Well now, like, Russia has also kind of gotten into this uh, entertainment uh, Dude, space race. Dude, we're over with the election. Can we fucking stop talking about Russia? Damn. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Russian uh, space agency uh, is working with Rus- Russian television channel one and studio yellow to uh, make a, a film called the challenge, which will focus on the flight to the international space station on a Soyuz MS spacecraft. And right now they're trying to find basically, you know, a movie star and actress with the ability to act as well as perform all the physical and psychological requirements necessary to become a cosmonaut. Says they're looking for a Russian woman between the ages 25 and 45 that has the ability to run, swim, and dive at more than an amateur level. She also has to have good balance and flexibility. Yeah, and so they said in the shortest possible time, they need to find someone who can not only handle the acting portion but also you know the endurance and you know 
scientific know-how of a you know an astronaut says so i'm sorry you're 46 you're out (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah if you're a you know if you're a russian and think you're a a good enough actor and uh you know a badass that can become a an astronaut uh russia is recruiting so yeah i mean it's you know we've that's kind of like the to boldly go where no one has gone before we've not really Entertainment has not gone to at least real space yet. Does it need to unless it's a documentary? <laughs> space entertainment. But yeah, since designed the... by cosmonauts for cosmonauts. <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of funny that like you know, Whoa. now that uh I I just got an idea, dude. We're going to direct the first porn in space. Prepare for reentry. <laughs> That'll have to be like the sequel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're the reviews they'll say stellar, out of this world. Yeah, so they're trying to kind of beat uh, Hollywood to the uh, space film industry. Uh, the space portions of the movie are expected to be filmed in fall of 2021, hopefully uh, ahead of the Tom Cruise production, which uh, is going to be the supposed to be the first Hollywood movie uh, filmed in space. Uh, so, but yeah, yeah. So it's you know kind of a, an experiment, but then also you know trying to kind of be entertaining and actually you know document what it's like to travel to the. So I guess you know part fictional, part documentary uh, on the you know getting to the space station. Nice. And while we're in space, you know we've. We talked about you know them finding water on on Mars and whatnot. Well, turns out there's water a lot closer to to us than we realized. They have discovered water on the moon. Interesting. Here's a moon bottle. water now bottled for your enjoyment. <laughs> Drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah, freaking uh, you know water uh whatever uh yeah the. Two studies published in Nature Astronomy uh, revealed the new important water f- findings in the first paper led by Dr. Casey Hannibal from the University of Hawaii at Manoa. Uh, basically, you know, uh, orbiters and satellites have discovered, uh, I guess, a you know reflection that uh, their instruments tell them that this particular light reflection is a uh, signify of water in their they're saying that it appears to be a uh, a lot of it, uh, but you know. And in a second study led by Dr. Paul Hain from the University of Colorado examines how the moon captures and stores this water, and what they're calling cold traps. Um, and they say, you know, this is kind of as we've talked about uh, deep space exploration. You know, water from hydrogen and our hydrogen from water and stuff can be used as a jet fuel uh you know so it's you know the founding finding of water it's a whole lot easier to launch a spacecraft outside of our planet uh, so we don't have to deal with the you know gravitational problems and whatnot of getting something that heavy off of the earth but so if we can if there's a source of water because they also talked about doing this on mars building kind of a refueling station where you know ship can go from the earth to Mars or at this, you know, point the moon, which would be a whole hell of a lot closer to get to. 
and use that, you know, water supplies not only for future kind of colonization stuff, but also to fuel spacecraft for future deep space uh, exploration. So the uh, water on the moon is going to be a big deal. I'm still looking to try my first bottle of moon water. <laughs> but moon water. And as we, uh, you know, finally we, we've talked about, you know, we're just kind of finished up Halloween. I, you went to, got to go to Netherworld this year. I went to, to, uh, finally went to Netherworld, uh, the weekend after Halloween. So, uh, well, there's been some research on trying to find basically the, the sweet spot in being scared where, you know, we all know, and it's been documented for years and years and years that we like being scared to a point. So they're trying to find out. Well, I mean, I think there's a difference between, you know, that, that initial just kind of jump scare and it's like, Oh, you got me verse. Oh fuck. I'm terrified. And I'm in a flight or fight, you know, life or death situation. And that's kind of what this new study is trying to firm. Like where does the entertainment of fear cross over into being traumatized. So new research uh, published in the journal of psychological science aimed to investigate where the Goldilocks zone, uh, where things are neither too frightening or too uh, tame. Uh, and basically they, they used uh, 110 participants uh, went through a haunted house in, I believe it was uh, Denmark uh, that, uh, and you know, they, monitor them with, with cameras and also hook them up to heart monitors so they can kind of see the, uh, you know, monitor the heart rates and, uh, and other psychological effects. And then also, you know, had them fill out kind of surveys at the end and track them through the haunted houses and figured out where kind of the best, you know, best area was like, you know, where they were, you know, the most scared, but also, you know, having the most fun without, uh, yeah, crossing over into that, you know, something that is going to leave lasting psychological effects. <laughs> so, you know, not only is this study kind of revealing like the, uh, where that zone is of what can be considered fun and not traumatizing, you know, it'd be kind of cool if they take that, uh, you know, the lessons learned and then apply that to improving haunted houses. We're like, Hey, this right here seems to be the most fun thing. Can, you know, develop that to make a... We should all get elevators. Make a haunted house that, like, you know, keeps you at that best level throughout. But I think that would also vary by, you know, I think psychologically, you know? I yeah, mean, it would definitely have to be, like, an average, because you know, my, um, my level of uh, <laughs> fear and entertainment is not going to be the same as, you know, somebody else's. You know, um, I, I think that's kind of interesting. I... I still think the biggest problem, budgets, you know, let's bullet it down to, to money, you know, because, you know, you could send somebody in with, you know, oh, there's snakes in a, uh, you know, an aquarium over here and be absolutely freaked out or whatever the case is. So, you know, I would be maybe for like your national, you know, haunts that get big name recognition and everything else. Um, I, I think that would be kind of cool to, you know, see. I mean, 
I know like several of them, you know, have advertised like 18 and up. And that was mainly just because they would use, you know, um, a lot more gore and, you know, language and that sort of thing. Um, there's only been one that I thought was kind of interesting because truly you went through blindfolded and if at any time you, you know, were to raise your hand to your face or try to remove the eye mask or anything, then you're, you know, basically escorted out of the, the attraction. Um, you know, yeah, so the like how much sensory, just, you, you know, know deprivation aspect of it was, you know, kind of different because you truly, you know, didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and like, you know, we both went through haunted houses that, that were open during this COVID stuff. And it's, to me, they weren't that scary because they, to me, it's always the actors are way more scary than the props. And, well, I mean, the, the experience the, the I had was like stationary, right? Yeah. They're just there to focus your attention. Like, you know, they can't really, like, an actor can be like, hey, I see this person gazing here, so I'm able to sneak up and catch them off guard, that sort of thing, and use misdirection and things like that to Yeah, with the ones that, you know, at least what I saw, and this may not be, you know, for everybody, is like, they went heavy on animatronics and didn't have as many actors as they would in the past because of the social distancing requirements, and even the actors they did have weren't as aggressive because they tried to maintain that six foot distance. So it's like, yeah, haunted houses kind of, kind of were a little bit lame this year, but then also it's, you know, budgetary concerns. Maybe they can't afford that many actors because they are having not as many people come through because of the social distancing and whatnot. So I'm hoping things go back to normal next year because yeah, this year was kind of a, while it was entertaining, wasn't as good as probably previous haunted house experiences I've had. That's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back. What is the Rusted Robot Podcast? Hey there, this is Sean. This is Josh. And this is Kitty. We're your weekly geekly pop culture news. We talk about comic books. Movies. Anime. Celebrity deaths. <sighs> collectibles. Toys. Movie news. Upcoming trailers. And so much more. Check us out on the ESO Network and everywhere podcasts are found. Your nerdy news specialist, the Rusted Robot Podcast. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. Alright, so, um, you know, with the... All the holidays and things like that. Outside, you know, Netflix series and people speculating. There's not a whole, not a whole hell of a lot going on in the world, uh, entertainment-wise. I mean, I'm thinking about turkey and you know trimmings and fixings and stuff in my face because <laughs> that's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I think there's going to be another uh, uh, Netflix Santa Claus movie, but <laughs> that's about all we have to look forward to. No, no other movies are supposed to come out around Christmas time or coming out now. Maybe it'll be an opportunity for people that haven't experienced the classics to actually go back and experience the classics. Speaking of classics, I I heard yesterday, this is the first year that the Peanuts Halloween special is not going to be on TV. What? Yes, it's been bought by, uh, I think, HBO Max or, or one of the streaming services. So this is going to be the first year that it's not, like, our, the cla a lot of the classic uh, 
Christmas uh, animated series that they play every year are moving to some kind of streaming service and will not be on your regular <laughs> TV screens. Which, I mean, that's kind of kind of fucked up. Because, yeah, it's one of those things you can kind of always count on. I mean, you know, a lot of people have traditions based around yeah, that. And... It's like CBS or whatever. They're going to play the freaking Grinch and the Peanuts Halloween and the all the uh, whatever claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and all that stuff. So it's like, yeah, man, 2020 just keeps on fucking us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe something that won't fuck us. Let's talk about some Ninja Turtles. Um, So... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Specifically the live action turtle movies and let's let's we'll, we'll wind it back to the 90s. Oh yeah, the the OG the uh, OG uh, so live action turtles. I mean cuz there's something about that movie. I mean 1990 and I still go back and watch and enjoy the shit out of that film. Yeah, I mean the new ones uh were were all right. I like the second one better than the first one, but they just looked weird as shit. Where you know, the originals even though it's not like a super burly CGI turtle. I mean, the guys in the rubber suits just <laughs> just I mean, looked cooler. <laughs> I mean, dude, fucking Jim Henson's involved. Okay, like yeah. y- you know it's gonna be good. But anyway, um, basically we we've gotten a lot of CG. Well, pe- people know what the hell we've gotten. Um, but you know there really hasn't been a true. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle live action that captured that feel. I know that who was it? Michael Bay tried to redo. The yeah, that was that was the guy and, who did the the two newest ones. And, that, you know, I mean, it just which, to me didn't capture that. No, same... it wouldn't. They were entertaining. They were worth watching, but it's not one that I've gone back and watched multiple times like I did the original couple turtle movies. Like those have definitely held up better than. Then I would, like I said, I saw the, fir- the the new ones when they came out maybe once or twice, but yeah, it's like the freaking OG original Turtle movie. I've I've rewatched multiple <laughs> multiple times. Well, apparently the original director Steve Barron and Brian Henson of Jim Henson Studios uh, having some discussion, and the original director is like, "Yes, we we definitely want that to happen." Um, and we're actually working on something to try to make that happen. Yeah, that would be interesting, you know, that original team coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be curious to see I mean, that same creature shop, what they would do, you know, let's say 20 years later. Yeah, because, I mean, the stuff that Brian Henson's been putting out, I mean, hell, the, how was it the that uh, puppet movie uh, that came out a couple years ago? I mean, the shit he does is still pretty badass i mean i so yeah i'd like to see what uh he can do with a uh, you know modern turtles story yeah so i mean i think that would be rather interesting um I don't I'm, know, a, maybe... I'm a black belt do they need somebody to be bebop i mean i'm not in a good enough shape to be a turtle but i could be a i could be a rock steady <laughs> or bebop <laughs> do you want to be the pig <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Joe the fuck pig. <laughs> Not that. Okay. Back up to like talking. There's something I, I missed talking about in the boys. The one, it was like a little throwaway joke that made me laugh so hard is after they escape uh, from black nor attacking him at the aunt's house, butcher gives the dog a new toy. And he's like, Tara, fuck it. And then he walks off and starts talking to his aunt. But then you, in the background, you just keep hearing this like, Squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> it's like just the whole time they're talking, you just hear this like this high pitch, like repetitive squeaking where the dog's obviously fucking the toy. <laughs> it was such a dumb joke, but it made me laugh so hard. 
Yes. Well, speaking of uh, yeah, laughing so hard, let's talk about a little book from our good friend Ross Patterson. Yeah. You know, um, we want to. We definitely all all use something to laugh about now. Yes. Um. So, for folks not familiar, um, little book by the name of um, "At Night She Cries." While he rides his steed. While she rides his steed. It's a comedic the, romance novel for dudes. And this, it's sequel, When Darkness Falls, He Doesn't Catch It. <laughs> well, the the third installment is uh, now available for pre-order. Yes, um, so you can head over to Amazon, Kindle, Amazon itself if you want Barnes the and Noble, cover, wherever. Baby, basically anywhere you want to buy books. Um <laughs> This will be released on December 8, 2020. This will be the third film of the uh, St. Book. <laughs> book. Whatever. It needs to be a film. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's one he needs to... Because freaking whatever... Uh, the um, FDR American Badass. Like, that was a... <laughs> I love that movie. But, yeah, this one is called uh, When the Sun Rises, It Dawns on Him. <laughs> yes. Um... And for folks that are, uh, you know, more into audiobook, I highly recommend downloading the audio versions. Um, yes, the audio version of both books are hilarious. I mean, they he gets contain a... music. They contain actual live, you know, voice actors and stuff to play the characters and narrate them. And... Yeah, he has a team of actors, and it's more done like a, a radio play uh, than just your regular, you know, audio book. So it, it's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. I mean, even if you've read the book, I, you know, like I, said, I usually, I'll read it first and then I'll buy the audio books. It, it's almost like just two different experiences here. Like hearing them act out the crazy shit in those books are, are, is, is worth the extra, <laughs> extra funds. Yes, absolutely. Um, or you can subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, just pay your monthly fee and guess what? Download that shit. It's already included. Woohoo. Um, Bond, James Bond. We learned the passing dun, of dun, 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 so iconic. Uh, Sean Connery has passed away at the age of ninety. I mean, I thought he was immortal. I mean, dude, I, I think Betty White absolutely took him out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sean Connery. When you like, we've every couple of years we'll do a Bond episode and cover one of the actors. We kind of started with the newest Bond and been working our way back. So we've not done a a Connery episode, which will probably be forthcoming now. But yeah, that's like when you think of James Bond, like that's the originator. It's like it, there's I mean, he had such a long career, like you know, not only is Bond, but then the the Highlander films is Ramirez, uh freaking Entrapment, uh, the how was it the um League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Red October. It's like uh, it's like is there a, a more iconic actor not even I kind of iconic man is Sean Connery. He's like the dude all dudes want to be. I wanted to be that dude. I quickly realized I could not be that dude. <laughs> but yeah. Um, also in, in other news too, we learned that um, Alex Trebek has passed away. <laughs> Speaking of Connery, remember the old, the, all the, uh, the old SNL skits of, you know, them making Sean Connery on celebrity uh, jeopardy yes. are some of the funniest fucking skits on Saturday night live. But yeah, Trebek is one of those guys too. Been around for freaking ever. Yeah, I mean, I think he started on Jeopardy. What, like eighty four or something like that? I mean, 
Something like that, yeah. Like, like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get it. It was a game show, but damn, it was like, at the same time, trying to drop knowledge on me. Yeah, it's like, if everyone feels stupid, I just go watch Jeopardy. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, I thought I was smart. These motherfuckers are, like, on the next level. I mean, is it really smart, though, or is it just a... a really good memorization. <laughs> really good memorization. Now, I mean, of course, you got to be really good memorization, because you're going to get a wide variety of topics that are kind of unknown. Um, so I don't know. Like, it makes me think, can I rearrange the memory banks, create some storage space? And uh... <laughs> uh, My head's filled with useless knowledge. I can't, I can't add any more uh, trivia. I'm about to forget something. Yeah. Kind of like uh, whatever uh, Johnny Mnemonic. I'm going to have to lose my childhood to be able to store more memory. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, I don't know, just kind of, 2020 just needs to stop. Like we're 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 on the cusp of being out of it, and it's just going downhill. Like just when you think it can't go any lower, it's like, oh, let me drop another bombshell. Yeah, 2021's like hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I guess I don't know. Eh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, outside of that. Not a whole lot of new movies or anything. I mean, um, I will say that uh, for folks interested in video games, Cyberpunk 2077 still looks like it's a go. Really looking uh, forward to getting my hands on that one. And I mean, there's still a lot of good PS4 games out there, but we've uh, yeah, seen a lot of press lately on the the PS5 and whatever the new Xbox is called. The, both those are scheduled to be coming out around Christmas uh I don't know, man. Now that I've got back into PCs, I'm like, I don't know. I, I know you don't do any PC gaming, but you know, basically Xbox instead of it being live where you you just paid to be able to play online, they now have a monthly subscription they call Game Pass. Hmm. So for like, I don't know, fourteen dollars a month or something like that, which if you add it up over the twelve months really isn't different than the, you know, price tag of Xbox Live, but with Game Pass, if you're on PC, basically you get to download a limited amount of games from the Xbox lineup. So hmm. It's kind of like it, a Netflix of gaming. Kind of, you know, and I, I found it was really good. Like, there, you know, some of the revamped Wolfenstein games or the Gears of War games and stuff like that, like, Download and play on my PC, you know, at will. And yeah, I'm not trying because I mean, I right now I just got this like ghetto laptop that barely works. I definitely need a better PC to get into PC gaming. But I mean, you know, for me, it's just like I can buy this one thing, and there's not too many PlayStation exclusives right now that are on my radar. That's like. I really need to get my hands on a PS5 to be able to play this. Yeah, and there's so many like good ps4 games that i've missed out on that i need to get back into like i, I could there's probably at least a year's worth of gaming i yes, can still do on absolutely. the ps4 before uh maybe prices will come down a little bit by the time i'm i'm like all right there's there's nothing new to play i, I can start working on <laughs> the ps5 backlog i didn't want to play that uh that whatever ultimate uh mortal kombat 11 when it comes out so i can play some rambo <laughs> rambo versus leatherface and fight <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's what i got for news well with that check us out on cigar nerd we're on the eso network at eso network.com 
We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cigar Nerd Pod. You can pick up your energy drinks at StrikeForceEnergy.com. Use your promo code Cigar Nerds for 20% off your order. Pick up some shirts at RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And remember what Billy Butcher said, don't be a cunt. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.